So I think it's the kind of market psychology right now is just not healthy. This is not good. If you want to call it a bubble, by all means. You're listening to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is all about helping you grow your real estate investment portfolio and live the life you want to live. Come grow with us and join our community at therightclub.com. And now your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi. Hey, Right Club Nation. It's Alfonso Salemi here. Before we get started, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Have you checked out The Rock yet? What is it, do you ask? Well, it's the Right Club online community, a place where you can go to find your real estate investing and business answers and network with like-minded people. We have interactive forums. All the podcast episodes are there. Hours of videos with a wide range of real estate investing, training, and education, and so much more. It's free to join, so be sure to come grow with us at therightclub.com. Now, let's get to the podcast. Welcome to the Right Club's podcast, Real Estate Investing in Canada. I'm Laurel Simmons, and you're listening to a special interview with Robert Hogue. Robert is a member of the Macroeconomic and Regional Analysis Group with RBC Economics. He is responsible for providing analysis and forecasts for the Canadian housing market and for provincial economies. His publications include Housing Trends and Affordability, Provincial Outlook, and Provincial Budget Commentaries. In his functions, he's frequently called to comment on the economy, both internally with our, within RBC and externally with clients and the media. You know, I could have talked with Robert for hours. He shares so much incredible information. I hope you enjoy listening to this interview as much as I did participating in it. So to see the charts Robert presented, go on over to our, our website, therightclub.com. Sign in, it's free, and you can watch Robert's interview. And while you're there, poke around. We've updated the website and we have wonderful things for you to discover. So now let's go to the interview. This is part two of a special podcast with guest Robert Hogue, where you will hear questions and answers. To hear the main presentation, listen to part one. Wow, lots of, lots of information. So maybe uh, the, yeah, I've, we, we could talk all afternoon. I mean, you, this, is, this is such a big topic, right? It truly is. So, and I have some questions, specific questions that people actually um, wrote in and asked. Um, so, I'm going to start with those and then we can have a conversation about that. So, let's talk about, and this was from Corrine T, actually. She asked, so do you think, and, I, and again, I know that there's no, there's <laughs> nobody has a perfect crystal ball, right? Would that we, we did. Not even economists. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so over time, do you think that house prices will be sustained, it's particularly as you talked about immigration? You know, because a lot of people, especially investors, but everyone actually, they're worried about the crash of what we call the crash of, 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 of housing prices, real estate. But I mean, if you're, you're living in a home and you're there for 20 or 25 or 30 years, you really don't care, right? You really, it's, it all sort of evens out in the wash. But if you're an investor, um, you might care because that's an asset that you want on the books and you don't want to see it turn into a vast liability because your mortgage yep. payments far outstrip the actual value of the house. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. I want to take a quick pause from the podcast to introduce you to some of my amazing contractors 
On this week's episode, I wanted to introduce you to Rob and Joel from White's Elm Design Build. And Rob and Joel just finished my major renovations on my latest Burlington project. And it was a full renovation and absolutely worth it. They've been super easy to work with. I wanted to give you guys some insights on some of the services that they offer their clients and they focus on Oakville to Hamilton and beyond, but they're really great. Like if you guys are ever in a property and you want to FaceTime or video call Rob or Joel, they can actually give you some insights on what to look for and also how much we are looking at renovations. Because if you're thinking about doing a flip or a burr project, the reno part is really important to get right to also figure out how much it's going to cost and what renos are going to be needed to get the actual maximum after repair value. So super important. They will gladly do these video calls or conference calls with you guys to give you some of those insights. They're really good at getting back to clients quickly. They can also do physical walkthroughs. If you guys are thinking about purchasing a property or you have it under contract, they can do that with you. They're super professional and uh, they've been very involved in my latest project and uh, really on the ball. So super easy to communicate with. They finished on time, on budget which is really important as we know. And they've got a whole team of trades. They line them up so that they're as efficient as possible. And they work with a lot of investors, but they also do some of the higher end flip types of projects too. So they work on everything in between. They're fully licensed, insured, WSIB covered. So feel free to reach out to them. They are able to be found at whiteelmdesignbuild.com. That is white elmdesignbuild.com or you can send them an email joel j-o-e-l at whiteelmdesignbuild.com or rob at whiteelmdesignbuild.com good luck on your next projects now back to the show the question is are we concerned (laughs) yes Uh, yes yes we are i think when i mean i I, what i describe is a um you know, very, very strong fundamentals now. Um, you know, low interest rate for a long time, a long period of time. Immigration eventually will come back. Will provide this this kind of demographic based kind of demand for housing. Uh, but uh, those strong fundamentals in my book don't justify twenty plus percent uh, price increases uh, in some some of the smaller in some markets. We're talking more than thirty percent year over year. Uh, this is a uh, right now conditions that are um, altering uh, price expectations. My economists call it uh, uh, extrapolative expectations. So you now we're we just saw what happened over the last you know twelve months, and most people, many people, expect that this will continue to happen going forward. And this is creating this kind of sense of urgency, this fear of missing out that a lot of buyers, I suspect, are rushing into, you know, buying something before it's too late, before, you know, they can't afford it. I mean, just did a, a report last week and looking at back in last, just last six months and in, in overall in Canada, prices have increased more than like your your benchmark price has increased more than 100,000. So. 
there's a lot of buyers out there that well, if, if we wait another six months, this is going to be way out of our price range. We won't be able to buy because prices never fall. We'll never be be, be able to buy again to, to buy to become owners. So our dream of home ownership is going to be crushed. So, and a lot of that contributes to even faster rising prices. Uh, so I think it's uh, the, the kind of cent uh, more uh, market psychology right now is just not healthy. Uh, this is not uh, this is not good. If you uh, want to call it a bubble, uh, by all means, I think it did. If it looks like one, smells like one. <laughs> it, it probably is one. But, uh, but so so obviously there are you know, many kind of related questions to that. I don't know if you want to ask them or should I ask them myself. But really, I think it begs a question about some kind of policy intervention to cool things down. Uh, we've seen episodes. Bubble episodes in 2016 and in BC and Vancouver, provincial government eventually intervened, put a uh, housing plan. Essentially, they put this, amongst other things, put in uh, slapped on a, a foreign buyer tax. 2017, the spring 2017, it was Ontario's turn. Kind of similar, broad conditions, prices rising. Most of some, uh, southern Ontario, more than 30 percent. Provincial government suite of 30 measures, including a, a foreign buyer tax. So uh, there's a pattern there. Uh, I think policymakers have demonstrated uh, now a limited tolerance for bubbles this time because it's it's so widespread. It might not be the intervention might not be at the provincial level or local level. It might be more at the national level. Uh, what can be done uh, is still a, a work in progress as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I think you know the odds of some kind of policy intervention is has risen tremendously. One, second uh, uh, is uh, if nothing gets done, uh, and if if this those prices continue continue to spiral upwards, uh, at some point you know something's going to give, uh, and then you know, we're not talking. Our base case right now is more kind of a soft landing. Eventually, probably prices. In our view, are not just sustainable, but you no, know, they might not just come crashing down all at once. Uh, that was true, at least when we did when we did our forecast back in January. Now we might be considering a, a harder landing, uh, uh, a, a lot more in terms of a base case scenario. But that's still kind of what could be the trigger. It's probably higher interest rates, and that's probably more of that 2022 story, maybe second half. So. All this to say that there are some, you know, the, the current market conditions are, are problem, problematic. I mean, one of the people asked, and I too, I, I, I you know, we've all seen this in the news lately that how New Zealand implemented, um, you know, 40% down payment, you know, requirement for investment properties. That's a pretty radical um, policy to make it yet. They they did it. And do you see something like that happening here? Uh, I, I would not exclude it. I would not, I'm not sure if I would necessarily be the one advocating for them, but uh, uh, there are other aspects of the New Zealand package that I find kind of interesting. The thing to keep in mind is that in New Zealand, at least the um, uh, the evidence is, is pretty overwhelming that uh, investors play a large role in their own version of this housing or over overheating or bubble, whatever you want. However, you want to call it. Uh, whereas here, I'm sure there's this like investors do play a role to a certain extent. I'm entirely sure if that's the main force. If you were to tackle investors, if that uh, 
would necessarily address the issue, but it could be uh, uh, certainly something that policymakers will be uh, considering uh, from a politics. If you think, you know, if you would put in your uh, politician's hat here, it's probably uh, a, a line, a, a course of action that's probably less risky, uh, politically speaking, than, you know, targeting first time home buyer or, you know, tightening uh, mortgage lending rules for first time home buyers and that kind of stuff especially in the federal context within an election being rumored and, you know, in a few months from now, I think that's less likely. However, you know, using a, a hammer to to, uh, to hit the investors, I think it might be a kind of the, the path of least resistance. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Hey, Right Club Nation, I just wanted to take a moment and introduce you to today's podcast sponsor, privatebuyers.ca. On your team of experts, you're going to want to make sure that you have a great wholesaler that's going to bring you some great deals off market. So most real estate investors, they're struggling to find their next deal. Private buyers, they help investors by bringing them some off-market opportunities at under market value so that they can make more money. These discounted real estate deals are not on the MLS. They've been found by privatebuyers.ca who will then send them to your inbox. And they're also gonna focus on your criteria and your goals and send you some tailored deals that match your needs. It's just really simple, guys. Just go to privatebuyers.ca, fill out the form, and start getting and seeing some available off-market opportunities. Privatebuyers.ca. Now back to the podcast. And now back to the show. So I want to go back to one of the things you mentioned about, you know, the, the sort of the outlying areas, because when you one of those graphs you, you or some of those graphs you showed, like, so the smaller um, uh, towns and cities uh, where they have a massive annual growth, like I'm in the Niagara region. And yep. I and I agree on the lake, and I'm looking at prices, and You've I'm seen just like, it. "You've seen it." <laughs> I'm just like, "Are you out of your mind?" Like, yeah, I wouldn't buy. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I'm saying to something. You have to pay me to buy that house, but I know people who are like putting buying it for, oh God, tens if not hundreds of thousand dollars over asking, and which is inflating prices. But at the same time, we're seeing this huge um, outflux of people from the more uh, dense population centers like Toronto, like Montreal, like Vancouver, spreading mm-hmm. out into the area. So that too is is driving prices up, right? Because mm-hmm. there's, there's there's only so much supply. Of, of, That's of true, true. And, and ultimately, I mean, this is this something, I mean, that's, if, if we go back to the pre, pre-COVID policy discussion or the, the, the main topic was, well, we need to focus really on the supply side. We need more supply out there. It's clear, especially in the context of the Canadian context, where uh, uh, no, immigration is is really strong. Uh, and you know, we were having uh, just before COVID, Canada's population was growing 1.4 percent. So that's something we had not not seen in like 30 years. Very strong population growth. So fundamentally, your housing stock needs to expand. And this is where the issue has been. Demand has been growing for demographic reasons because you know, interest rates were low, probably not as low as they are today. And uh, but on the supply, the supply side is not able to adjust quickly enough. So you know, for those of you who've taken economics one hundred and one courses, you now when you got strong demand, supply is relatively fixed. The adjustment mechanism here is price. So uh, so the 
the longer term solution, which still remains the case here, is to focus on the supply side, address issues that are uh, in the way of builders to respond quickly. Uh, no, the length of approval process, for example, uh, and the cost of you no know, development charges and everything that really all contribute to uh, uh, affordability issues. And so that's fundamentally, but right now, uh, supply side measures would take too long to address the issue. Now, I think it, it makes sense to, from a policy perspective, to use demand side type of tools here. And at the same time, uh, you mentioned the immigration policy and um, the fact that we're so well, not right now, but as soon as the as soon as the gates are opened and we have all these people coming in, that's going to put more pressure on housing, right? There's there's not enough supply right now. We know from uh, Sats Can reports, and I mean, God, you, what five six years ago that Toronto was getting what ten thousand new people a month. It was it was I mean. Yeah, yeah. That, that that was insane. Like that was more than the state of California or New York City. Like because Canada is a really um, an attractive destination for permanent residents and immigrants. So, do you have any indication as to um, how how we can handle that? I mean, I guess it has to be a lot. Well, of I mean, it, but that being said, it's I don't want here to imply that there's been no. Uh, supplier response. I mean, there's very strong construction right now. It's just that it hasn't been quickly, it hasn't reached the end of the pipeline quickly enough to meet demand that's right there in the field, right? Uh, so, and to its credit, uh, the in Ontario, for example, the provincial government has focused on the supply side uh, and uh, you know, looking at uh, various ways to, to make uh, the uh, the production of new new housing uh, quicker uh, and uh, no, I'm not quite sure if they've been that successful making less expensive, but certainly you know, to to expedite uh, the system. So so there is a supplier response, uh, and um, but there's there's still need need for more. So I, I want to ask you a question about jobs, just because I, I mean jobs is such a fundamental right sector. It's just it's everywhere, and and jobs drive our economy. The more people who have jobs, the more money there is in the in the economy. The more people <laughs> spend and can buy things and houses and all the rest of it. And you touched on that in your presentation about mm -hmm. the fact that savings are going up, but that in in the lower. Um, the service industry and the lower paid people, right? The jobs have really fallen off. So, um, as we recover from this pandemic, um, more jobs presumably will be created in that in that in those sectors. Yeah, yeah. We're yep. starting to see that now. I think. Yeah, and it's actually that's probably the missing chunk here. And uh, you know, when I was showing the employment has picked up, there's like a, a twenty percent. Still, we're still down 20% relative to in terms of employment uh, uh, relative to pre, and that's largely, I think, uh, of that 80%, about 80%, the 20% the, the missing, there's about 80% that are in the hospitality, restaurant, airline travel, and all that tourism, for example. So, and those can only come back once you know, we reopen and people feel comfortable enough to be out there and, and, uh, and, and, and travel around uh, the country. Right. Um, so, well, here's hoping, right? That the vaccines really get out there and, and nobody knows for sure what's gonna happen. And we can, uh, you know, we'll just 
we can only do what we can do. Um, but I was really interesting, uh, interested to see too your stats about um, the savings because we'd all heard that Canadians were savings more. I didn't I hadn't realized it was that much. That's that's like can you imagine five years ago how happy um, uh, the feds would have been and everyone would have been if they'd seen all those savings in, in bank accounts? <laughs> it's got, it's going to go somewhere, right? Yeah, and, and that saving. Well, we all know where that savings went. Uh, housing <laughs> and the stock market. Yeah, yeah, and I, I and I think too that I, mean, I keep hearing about the Roaring Twenties. I don't know about you, and I think you kind of alluded to that, but this is I keep hearing this over and over and over again about the Roaring Twenties that we really could be heading into that kind of um, you want to call it economy or lifestyle or whatever it is. How how much of an effect do you think that will have on the economy or in general and in, in terms of inflation, like whatever's going on? Because we haven't talked about inflation. Yeah, I mean, we're all hoping we'll get some some kind of roaring. <laughs> Something. <laughs> now, now, uh, you know, uh, but but hopefully not over exuberance. And this is where the risk might might be, right? You know, we're seeing right now in in the housing market some form of over exuberance, like people are just you know going too far. Uh, and uh, but you know, more broadly, um, uh, this over exuberance could lead eventually to sustain higher inflation uh, for a period of time. And this what this would be damaging in the sense that this is what uh, central banks are uh, afraid of. You know, temporary blips in inflation is not a big deal. The Bank of Canada has been quite uh, quite clear that it does expect inflation to pick up over the coming months. It's largely what, what we call a base effect. It's just when you compare to when you do a year over year percentage change, you got to look at the year before and year before uh, uh, you know the the, the cost of uh, 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 of a basket of uh, for consumers had had dropped quite a bit. Largely, uh, it, it's a uh, gasoline uh, 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 price story here. So, in in the coming months, we're going to see a little bit of a let's call it a flare up in inflation. It's going to pick up a bit. But what the Bank of Canada and other you know, central banks really care about is inflation expectation. Does that mean if inflation goes up to 3%, does that mean that on a go-forward basis, everybody will be expecting 3% inflation? And right now, the answer is no, uh, probably not. Uh, inflation, inflation expectations have been incredibly well anchored around 2% for decades now, and the Bank of Canada doesn't see any change. now. Would a roaring twenties kind of change that? This is could potentially be a, a a risk if if people, you know, become overly exuberant and are willing to pay what whatever price because they feel, whatever, <laughs> happy. Yeah. It, so so you're saying it's not it's not a big risk right now. Um, I mean, I remember the days of, of, of big and of high inflation, and uh, there's a certain demographic of us who do remember those days. <laughs> yeah, but, but you also remember what it took to get inflation down to two percent, and and which is what is the painful part, right? And this is what uh, the, the the we have to keep in mind with respect to monetary policy, because what it took was effectively. I mean, uh, the Bank of Canada would would probably uh, not entirely agree with that, but. Really, the early 90s recession in Canada was largely driven because 
the Bank of Canada was adamant to kill well to rein in inflation expectations. So it ran interest rates higher longer than it needed to get the economy back on track because it wanted to rein to rein in inflation expectations around what the target and, and the experience has been so painful <laughs> that ever since that two percent has been tattooed in everyone's brains that this is the normal rate of inflation. This is what the Bank of Canada is setting its policy or, or that it, it is its target and it will do whatever it takes to keep it that way on a kind of on a trend basis, right? Wow. So, so in other words, we have to keep a, just uh, keep an eye out and, uh, and the ear open for what the Bank of Canada, you know, the, the, their, their, their rates are and, and how they're managing it. Because if, if they're trying to keep it that steady 2%, then I suppose if it goes down, so okay, so here's a question. We've got inflation roughly at say two, two, two and a half percent, whatever. If it goes down, and it could, could I guess, what what well, does it that is mean? down? <laughs> well, oh yeah, okay. So what does last, that mean? Last twelve months has been down and then even okay. fell below one percent. Oh, okay. So so I guess that means people aren't spending. They're not buying. They're not spending except for the things that they, especially in in the real estate. Um, investing area like when you're when you're trying to buy products for example you want to renovate a house well the the the, the price of a two by four has skyrocketed right like it's just skyrocketed again supply and demand the mills were shut down uh, a lot of people are doing renovations in their houses because they're not traveling so they're spending money on that um, but we do see we do see sort of uneven i guess price increases but i guess when you average it all out it correct it really doesn't make yeah. much difference. and that's something to keep in mind i mean there's there's no denying that there are some price pressures in certain parts of the economy this is clear you mentioned lumber but i can give you a whole list of metals and as well i mean there's there's you no know, costs are rising in certain parts of the economy that's for sure but at the same time if you know think of airline tickets and and you know other uh, parts on the, especially on the services side, which is the biggest chunk of the economy, by the way. And when, and when you look at your your basket of goods and services that you consume every month, services are a big chunk of it, and those have not uh, are not under the same kind of, of pressure at, at this point. And and so the Bank of Canada, when it sets its policy, actually looks at the larger equation here, not just home prices are rising, or the lumber is increasing, or copper is doubled in price, or whatever it is. It looks at the broader picture. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 M-T-G-T-E-A-M and check out their website butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com and let's go to the lightning round. Right, right. And as they have to. So, well, I am going to leave it at that. I really thank you. This was a, this was a great um, conversation. I could just sit here and talk to you all afternoon, but... 
<laughs> we all have other things to do, uh, but we really do thank you, Robert. It was really, really wonderful. And again, we will display the, um, uh, the links where people can um, get the reports and, and get onto the RBC and, and grab all kinds of, of, of great things. So thank you so very, very much. We hope to see you again. Okay, well, it's been my pleasure. That was fun. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this special podcast with guest Robert Hogue. We really appreciate if you'd rate our podcast because it does help us to reach other people who are interested in real estate investing. Thank you for listening. And as always, I want to remind you to come grow with us. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast and joining our community of real estate investors online at therightclub.com, where the focus is about helping you grow. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Thanks from your hosts, Sarah Larby and Alfonso Salemi.